Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are doing 1999, Simply Irresistible, requested to us by William Bibiani. So here you go, William. This is this is your fault. <laughs> this is your fault. But also, you know, your your gift. But your also gift to everyone. But also you're great. Including so, my life. I mean, um, yeah, because I'd never seen this. And so now I, I, my life does feel enriched. Yeah, I hadn't seen it. And I was like, how have I not seen this? <laughs> there are so many ridiculous factors here that are exactly up my alley. Um, <laughs> we have a movie where Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the protagonist. Her best friend is D'Angelo from The Wire. And there's a magic crap. A magic crab, yes. I don't. I don't know what's going on with this. This is this is one of the this is one of the wildest ones, and I really didn't expect. Like I had heard stuff, but I really didn't expect it. Oh yeah, um, up top, uh, the creative team behind this. Uh, it was directed by Mark Tarlov, and it was written by Judith Roberts. Their only um, other credits for writing and directing are a movie musical that they did called Temptation in 2004 with Zoe Saldana that has never been released. And man, I wish that we could get a hold of Temptation for this podcast because I, I feel like it would be gold. I feel like it would be. And it's weird that it's like the only thing that the other that like they've done. Like they've like uh Mr. Tarlov has like produced other things, but in terms of like writer director, that's the only other thing that they've done. And yeah. it's like this mysterious entity. And this film, like you can tell <laughs> this has a good budget. Um based on who's in it. Six million dollars was the budget. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. They made they did not make their money back. That is not surprising based on the ratings. Um, <sighs> yeah, so this film is is starring Sarah Michelle Geller. Man, nineteen ninety nine. Sarah Michelle Geller. Where was Michelle Geller in nineteen ninety nine? She was already on Buffy. Like yeah, she, she was, was she was already you know the slaying all of our hearts in America. She, this was prime Geller. She was already on Buffy. Um, the, that same year, um, she did Cruel Intentions. So, <laughs> simply irresistible and cruel intentions came out in the same year. I mean, she like, they really played up her ability to be sexy in this very, um, like like seductive in this kind of wink way, like where it's almost innocent, but she's also like, I got game. Like it's oh like Sarah God. Michelle's got game. Her, like, you know, Sarah Michelle Geller. Sarah um, Michelle Geller's filmography is really interesting because we've got like a <laughs> we've got like. <laughs> I know what you did last summer, like that cameo scene in Scream 2. Like, it, I don't, is she in Scream? Yeah, she's not in Scream 2 for very long. She's like a classmate of theirs. She's like voices something in Small Soldiers. She's in She's All That for like a second. She's in a show called, she's in a movie called Harvard Man that apparently exists. And then she does like, the Scooby-Doo movies, The Grudge, The Grudge 2, Southland Tales. Like, oh, this is a, you know, thank God for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 
Yeah, I'm really glad she had that. I'm um, yeah, I'm, and I mean, Cruel Intentions, you know, classic. I mean, Cruel Intentions, classic film. Yeah, I really want more for her. Like, even though I kind of, I think, I think she's a Republican. I think that's what I heard. I mean, her and Freddie Prince Jr. She she's a Republican. You know, that doesn't. I haven't done homework. On you know, that. It's I, weird. I look at her Instagram, um, and I appreciate. Her love with Freddie Prince Jr. feels like a time machine. It to is. Me. It is. Like um, they're it's it's very they're very sweet together. If they ever break up, I'm gonna be really sad. If she's a Republican, I think I heard it once, and it's like I feel like she's one of those like I'm very quiet about it Republicans. Which you know what? Thank God for small favors. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I could see. I could. I mean, I could see them being Republicans. Like, why not? Like, they're both rich and white. Right. Exactly. I mean, well, Freddie Prince is like half. He's half white. Oh, I don't know what else he is. He's like a. That makes sense. I wasn't sure if he was like. Um, I don't know. Well, his like his like just a tan white guy. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) politically incorrect. I I didn't know. I didn't want to assume and be like, huh? (laughs) He seems ethnic. Well, Um, his his dad um is like a. His uh yeah is he. Of, does he have Latin descent? His yeah, he's got like partial like Puerto Rican descent. Oh okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah, he's okay, got so some, he's he's not you know he's not he's just got white. he's got some other she's stuff. Very white. He's, he's oh yeah no yeah, she's, she's like she's, extra strength white. She's very she's very waspy. Yeah yeah yeah. I don't know. Like I don't want to I don't want to spread rumors. You know what? I love Sarah Michelle Geller. Like <laughs> yeah, until and we you, and you like, know what? We'll she just does. assume she's pol- we just won't even assume anything about her politics. I mean, but uh, I honestly I feel like. The thing that would surprise me the most about her and Freddie Prince Jr. politically is if they were radical left. Oh my god! Like that would like you know like, what? I wouldn't be surprised if they were Democrat, like you know, like capital D Democrat, or if they were Republican and like being quiet about it. But if they were like secretly like super left, like DSA members, I mean, they like given their wealth, I would I love like, that. You I would see, I would crack up so hard. You would, see, no, yeah. that's what I want. You see, this is what we need to do. We need to we need to wish the politics that we want in yeah, the world. Project that onto them. I want to project a narrative about them really fighting for workers' rights. Oh my uh, god. For, you yes. Know, yes. Radical um, left Sarah yes, Michelle Geller and Freddie Prince Jr. Like um, you know that they were they were quietly campaigning against uh, Sesta and Fosta, although yes. we need you know loud 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 campaigning against it. Um, yes, yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend that Sarah Michelle Geller is like really fighting for sex worker rights. Yeah, uh, me too, me too. And if I'm and if I'm wrong, you know, please don't roast me. But I'm pretty sure I heard that. I could be wrong. Anyway, let's live in a fantasy world. Yeah, let's we'll, let's project the where they have great politics. Um, <laughs> our other lead is um, Sean Patrick Flannery, who was supposedly a big deal to some people at some point. He was powder. Um, which is a movie that I've never seen, but apparently people were really into this powder. Did you see this powder? Um, it was playing at a party I was at, so no, I did not see it. Um, um he I, was, I, but I am aware of it. <laughs> he was in the Boondock Saints, which is a terrible movie that I, that men like for some reason. I don't. I, I liked it in college. I'm part of the problem. <laughs> I, I also used the Alien trilogy to seduce people, so. Oh, yes. Yeah, so he was also in Boondock Saints 2, All Saints Day, which I have also wow. seen, and it is also bad. So. I have not seen that one. Um, uh, he was also a young Indiana Jones. I've. 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, I recognized him from Boondock Saints, um, but I didn't really have any strong feelings about him either way. He has no connection to that. He has. Uh, he's definitely got a career. Like, there's no, you know, yeah about that. He's he's doing the work. He's got a gigantic shiny forehead like while i was watching this i actually tweeted why didn't anybody put any like mattifying foundation onto his forehead it is like glistening the entire time it's so well there was also like in the late 90s early thousands within the beauty industry there was um we've kind of come full circle because now highlighting um is really popular um even if you're not contouring like highlighting is really popular and having kind of a shimmery look um but you know, in the in the mid like 2005 through 2013, there was a, like mattifying was the thing. But before that, there was kind of a period of time where it wasn't even like people were getting highlighted, but just people were looking greasy. Like there were a lot of like particularly white people who like just the makeup trends weren't really figuring out the right texture. Um, ah. And there was there was a lot of greasy. Yeah, he looks there's, greasy yeah, in the face. Yeah, there's just a lot of greasy in stuff lot, going on. In a lot of and this a movie. Lot of, yeah, I think a lot of that does have to do with, like, even just, like, the foundation trend then was, like, very liquidy. Mm. Um, so that's, yeah, that's yeah. just something I've been thinking about lately. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, he just, it, it's, like, this is, I, I don't know if I've had, like, who, like, I know that I haven't been attracted to a lot of the male leads in these movies, but I don't think that I've had, like, such an averse reaction to a male lead the way that I do to uh, me look at my notes again, because I forget who this guy is. Sean I, Patrick. Sean Patrick Flannery. Yeah, I was just like, you? I have to look at you this entire time? I'm like, kind of annoyed. See, I didn't I didn't have an issue with how he looked so much. Like, I, I wasn't, like... Like, my pants were on, you know? Right, like, I wasn't like, ooh, <laughs> hello, yes. sir. Um, but I wasn't like, ugh, like I am sometimes where I'm just like, why? Um, I, I was more just like the concept of him bothered me. Like, there was really nothing, there was nothing about him to make us root for him. Like, he was just kind of like rich. I mean, he's very rich. And he's just there and he's kind of manipulative and his ex was shitty um and that's all like there's nothing where i'm like oh good i want you with sarah michelle geller and even though i have my own issues with her character her character at least has some depth you know we have some yeah we have reasons to care about her and with his it was just like if he wasn't rich what would be left yeah he's just like very he's very boring um because it's just okay so the main plot is that uh Sarah Michelle Geller runs a restaurant with her aunt. Um, it used to be her mom's restaurant, is what it seems like. Yeah, and her mom was a really good chef, but Sarah Michelle Geller isn't. Yeah, she's not good at cooking, but she runs a restaurant. Confusing. Um, but uh, and she runs this restaurant with um, with like her aunt, uh, played by um, veteran actress Betty Buckley and uh, Larry. Giller Gilliard Jr., which is uh the um the wire gentleman. The yes, gentleman D'Angelo, D- which oh my gosh, <laughs> I was just so happy he's alive. Um that I was like screaming that the whole time. You know, and it, like can I just say up top that like every scene between hit uh, between these characters, which her name is Amanda in this movie, and his name is Nolan. Um 
um, D'Angelo's name is Nolan. I'm going to um, just call him D'Angelo the whole D'Angelo. time. My apologies <laughs> to everybody. I'm going to be saying D'Angelo and Buffy, so just bear with. I kind of just wanted them to fuck the entire yeah. time. Yeah. I was, like, I was like, they know each other. They've been through it. They they're, work together. They they're comfortable care. with each other. Yeah. You know, they have a rapport. Yeah. Like, in because like, I kept on They've thinking. got class solidarity. Like, yeah. I was, I was just like, like, man, I would love a fucking, like, rom-com about two poor people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know like, if it was just like 1999 and everybody just decided, okay, the only interracial romances are going to be crazy, beautiful, and save the last dance. And we're just not going to do any of the other ones. Oh, yeah. And that Othello movie. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Yeah. It's all, it's all going to be Julia Stiles. She is, it's just going to be Julia Stiles and, and different black actors. And nobody else will have interracial love. It's just like, yeah, um, it was just like a weird time. I was like, I'm glad that Kirsten Dunst went in on the accent Crazy Beautiful, which is highly underrated, by the way. I'm sure I've said that before. I'll say it again. Crazy Beautiful is great. Um, but like, yeah, it's 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 really weird because I just kept on wanting them to fuck. And like whenever Sean Patrick Flannery showed up, I was just like, oh, he's back again. Right? No, I, I felt that way, too. And I was like, also, their love story would be so much better and less problematic than like Save the Last Dance and like some of these other movies. And I, I still love Save the Last Dance, but like um, I was like, this would actually be really nice. Um, yeah. And I mean, I guess that's probably part of why the movie didn't do it is there wouldn't really be the same conflict. But Right. Because it's just like a Sean Patrick Flannery is playing a character. He's like a rich, he's a rich guy who like, runs bendels he's like a bendels hire the owner of bendels essentially yeah and so like he's like okay what if you could shop at bendels and also have a fine dining experience and i'm just like what yeah these rich people yeah he wants to you know open up a four-star restaurant inside a department store which i mean like a very ambitious young capitalist so like I mean, uh, sure. that, that does feel believable. Sure. Um, and like Patricia Clarkson is like his assistant. I can't tell. It's, it's At first w- I was like, is that his like cool aunt? I don't know what their relationship it's is. It's weird that she's his assistant because she's older than him. And I just don't understand why she would be his subordinate. Yeah. And like, that's kind of where I settled on where I was just like, why? Like it would make more yeah. sense if she was like his advisor, but it's like, she's not, no, she's definitely his assistant. And like, yeah, that, and their whole really, like she has a crush on one of the other, she has a crush like, on like a- Dylan Baker, Dylan fucking Baker. I couldn't believe it. I was it. just so, I was upset with I like, I couldn't. Because <laughs> I really like her. Um, and I, you know, I think she did a great job, but I was just upset with like, I didn't really understand what was supposed to go on with her character. And I was upset with where she was placed, where she was. It's not even that I needed her to be the boss, but it was just the fact that she had to be a subordinate to Sean Patrick Flannery, and then she had to have a crush on Dylan Baker. Dylan like, Baker sucks. from from like Todd this. Salons's happiness, and I, you know what? It's just like I'm sorry. Okay, if once once you play a child molester, that's all I'm gonna think of you as. It's not even that Dylan Baker is particularly bad looking. It's just that like I'm always gonna think of him as the child molester from Happiness. So like it's just yeah. And yeah, uh, and she she was full on pining. Like she's she, trying to get advice from and John then, Patrick Flannery. And then John Patrick Flannery's like, what do you see in him? And like he asked that question before we're introduced to Dylan Baker, but once we see him 
and like see them interact i have the same questions that he has yeah <laughs> like, like what I is almost, going on it, what, like if anything i feel like her character made me almost like sean patrick flannery because like it felt like it humanized like she humanized him in a sense because he had just this friendship with her um within the workplace yeah but, but but other than that i didn't really i didn't like her positioning yeah i did it just felt weird it's just like yeah. she's older than all of you and she's fabulous and she's beautiful and she's just like fluttering around like bill gates looking motherfucker like me like it's just yeah why? Like, what and are we sarah doing? michelle geller's character at least like she knows what she wants and she's going for it like she's confident like yeah she, like she definitely gets props for being a confident protagonist in one of these films yeah it's like okay so this movie she she's looking for like fresh ingredients for her restaurant that's how the movie starts like this movie starts at a breakneck pace like i was like oh. can i breathe like i, I had just to like i had to start it i was like wow i did not think that i would not be paying enough attention to this but i like apparently i did not pay enough attention i'm so used to these movies having like you know, four minutes of a Hillary Duff song before anything happens. So, <laughs> yeah, she just like she shows up and she's like looking for like ingredients, and then she, um, like hears from a guy who works who sells produce that like she's losing. She finds like she finds out that she's losing her restaurant from a third party before she even walks into her restaurant. And we also find out that that guy is her ex boyfriend, and I'm just like, yikes. Um, and then she um. She runs into a magical man who goes by the name of Gino Riley. And honestly, should have been Tony Shalhoub. Just saying. Should have definitely should have been Especially Tony Shalhoub. based Shalhoub. on the movies we've done with him in it. And like he sells her a crab. Like first she's like, I don't need any crab. And then all of a sudden she's suddenly paying for a crab and then she doesn't know why. Um relatable. <laughs> we've all been there and so she so she buys this crab and she takes it and then she also like goes into the restaurant and she like talks to her aunt it's just like they're raising the rent and we're not making enough money and it's just like oh no and then we're and then we have sean patrick flannery who's just like richy rich all grown up just like making this like fine dining, fine shopping, rich white experience or whatever. And he's also dating Amanda Pete, which what's really funny about this, number one, the blonde hair was so distracting that I did not know that was Amanda Pete at first. Cause yeah. I've never seen Amanda Pete with blonde hair. Um, but that like she's uh, Patricia Clarkson walks up to him <laughs> and she's just like, there's a very thin girl in your office. And I gave her a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I was sitting there just like you and her are like the same weight. What are we oh, doing? I know. I know. <laughs> right. You're the same weight. You have the same hair color. Like it's it so down. weird. It's like yeah. if, if somebody, if she was like, my daughter is in the office waiting for you, I would believe her. Like, yeah, they look so similar. Yeah. I felt like that was definitely her. <laughs> just kind of doing the i'm older thing you know like she like yeah they're the same size but she's like oh this young skinny woman oh you my know? god and, and like, i was like okay i roll and um, it's just like amanda p is like i guess she's supposed to be just like this like preppy person who like is great on paper but who like the doesn't girlfriend in, for doesn't the interest in. right yeah yeah glossy um yeah socialite yeah um and he like and 
You find out that he like has all this like data on happiness or is just like, look at the chart. And like after the third date, blah, 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 something happens. And oh, there's yeah. a so, spike in like, there. After like he, he meets up and like is talking to Amanda P. And then like um, in one of the next scenes, Patricia's like, do you even like her? Like why? Like. And he's like, well, I think it's time to break up with her. And 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 Patricia's like, why? And then he pulls down his chart. Um, like he just like has a chart he's ready. He's got like a digital chart. Like, yeah, what he just the like fuck? he like you know <laughs> turns on his projector as you do, and he's like, well, actually, so I found like um, happiness goes down after the you know third, fourth day XX, and this is why I need to break things off because it's gonna stop being fun. And and then and then Patricia calls him out, and she's like, uh, okay, but what are you doing? that is adding to this. Like, yeah, how like are you why do you suck? Which yeah. is like a great question. Yeah. And like their friendship, I feel like is actually one of the best parts. Um, actually, I feel like their friendship and then D'Angelo and Buffy's friendship are, are like better than the actual romance. Like just the platonic friendships. Yeah. The platonic friendships are definitely much better and also like way more interesting. Cause that meet cute was just like, garbage oh it's like gosh. oh did you misplace your crustacean it's like oh no a crab is crawling up your pants yeah her crab that she gets pressured into buying bites um sean patrick flannery's foot and then she's like oh i'm so sorry and i guess she's just like wow like his his face just really pulls her in and um <laughs> that forehead it's the shine she's yeah the looking shine for her has, face in there yeah the shine just like hypnotizes her um, and you know, at that point we're supposed to, we're supposed to root for them. And of course, you know, we are rooting for her because we find out all this stuff, you know, her mom's dead and now she might lose the restaurant. She doesn't know how she'll survive. You know, this is her livelihood, but um, that doesn't make me want her to be with this rich guy. No, like, I, just, I want her restaurant to succeed so she can finally admit that she has feelings for D'Angelo. Uh, yeah. And I also kind of want to like. Okay, so did you believe that this crab was like the spirit of her mother? I didn't. I I, I liked to buy that it was just like a magic crab. I didn't like to think of the reincarnation, <laughs> even though that is implied. <laughs> yeah, I don't like to think of it as reincarnation either, because like a crab, your mom. That's weird. Yeah, yeah this crab this just crab starts, does the most. This crab just like starts looking looking over her and like is just like. <laughs> Basically, like, makes all of her food not only delicious, but magical. And also, sometimes the food will take on the emotion of how she was when she made it. Yeah. Like, there's a scene later where she, like, cries into the food. And so then, like, everybody cries when they eat it. Like, this this magic food is wild. There is no like rules. It, it not only tastes good, but, it, yeah, it takes on emotional properties. Um, at one point people are like, there's, there's a whole dining room of, of rich people Just orgasming weeping. while they're eating. And then there's <laughs> another point where they're weeping and, um, it's interesting because it's never really explained. It's just kind of this vague, like there's a magic crab. Um, it's probably the spirit of her mother dire directing her and giving her this like an inexplicable ability like she doesn't even really understand it it's not like she now just can grasp cooking it's like she just like does things and doesn't like she's she's yeah, sometimes she's the putting food rose makes petals itself. in there yeah um like she's not even aware of like how she does it she just does it um and and because like the the food because the food can take on emotional properties it also is part of why 
Sean Patrick Flannery falls for her because he eats her food and then he starts catching feelings from the food. Right, which like actually brings me to a question. Does he actually like her or does he just like the food? And that's I mean, that's actually something that bothers him later in the movie. Yeah. I don't I don't know. And I don't know if she likes him or if she just likes the idea of having power over him. Yeah, yeah. It's very confusing. Um, cause like at some point in the movie I realized that this is this is totally a bewitched. Oh, it's scenario. This is a bewitched movie somehow, which is like, I definitely laughed more than I did in that Nicole Kidman, Will Ferrell bewitched movie, which we will definitely be doing on that show. I saw that in the theater. I want to, I want to get my money back. Oh yeah. You need to get some catharsis out of that at least. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, <laughs> Okay, so this food, um, the first time that she makes this amazing food, um, uh, dude is out with Amanda Peet, uh, forehead is out with Amanda Peet, and, uh, the food makes her speak the truth, and her truth is that she doesn't like him, and that she's too good for him, and that he doesn't appreciate her, and then she starts, like, freaking out and like breaking plates and yeah, shit. Yeah, Amanda Peet goes wild. Like she's like, yeah, she's throwing <laughs> dishes. She's like the nightmare customer. It's very obvious she's never worked a service job. Never. Um and yeah, and then she breaks up with him and of course he, you know, he's not he's not his character is not actually a jerk. I just think he's boring and don't really understand why we're supposed to like him. Um he he apologizes um, to Buffy and is just like, Hey, I'm so like, I'm so sorry. I have no idea what came over her. That food was amazing. Here's my card. Um, just like send me the bill for the dishes and I'll replace them. But of course, because she has feelings for him already or just, you know, some sort of less thing. Um, she, she, uh, conspires on like how she can use his card to like go hit on him. Mm hmm. And then I think it's like the next day she like dresses up in her nicest clothes. Oh my god, yeah, and this is this is the scene where uh where his, where black friend is like he's just like saying no to outfits and like telling her about like how men are and this oh my god, this gag about how like men how often like, men think about sex. Like how much they think about sex and how like when they're turned on they adjust their belt. Oh my god. And she's never like, heard this in my life. And she was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is, like, ruining, like, now I can never, if, like. Yeah, sex makes her so nervous. She's she, like, I she acts like a virgin. Yeah, I she think was like, I she can't, is. she's like, I can't even, like, um, see any conversation the same because, like, now when a man, like, adjusts his belt, like, I'll think about that. And I don't know, like, like. I was just like, yeah, I mean, yeah, people think about sex a lot, like whatever. Also, she like she really seems like she's never had sex before. Not just because they're thinking about sex, but because they have like a bunch of shit going down on in their pants and they have to like move it around. Like, yeah. I'm not like that's that's what it is. Like it's not that deep. It's um, so weird. Also during that scene, um also during that scene, <laughs> um D'Angelo is like making dolls kiss each other making these two that was like one of my favorite details <laughs> like he was so into it and i was just like okay like i loved it i was like he's having a good time in this scene he's doing something with his hands he didn't it's yeah, like, like he he's, didn't he's not like he's not like completely loving this conversation but he's her friend and he's hanging out he's like what he's fine yeah 
<laughs> I also like, I like to think that that was just something he added. I like, and they didn't put that in the script. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> so like she goes and like they flirt or whatever and like they start to have a courtship of which I'm barely interested in. I don't have anything to say about their courtship. Their it's courtship like, is like all about the fact that Amanda Pete fucked up the restaurant and so then so then basically Buffy uses that as uh you know leverage to get him to like you know, show her where the dishes are. And then she like wants to meet up with him and like make him dessert. And like, um, yeah, it's very like, uh, I mean, all of it's transactional, but it's, this movie is extra transactional. And of course, because she has the magic crab, every time she makes her food, him food or anything. um, Also her mother's earrings, which I don't know if they they work in like tandem to each other. Like it's like a, like it's like a magic duo or like what I want the crowd to wear the earrings. <laughs> I also like, oh my gosh, my one of my favorite things about this movie is like there's just random close-up shots of the crab. The crab is <laughs> hanging the out. The crab like watching her cook, like the crab like sitting on the table, the crab just kind of moving its claws, like just like living its life. I I died. I died. The close-ups of the crab were my favorite thing. That was beautiful. The close-ups of the crab were like the hot dog scene of this movie like the the yeah. hot dog scene from sweet november like that is what the close-ups of the crabs were for me in this movie yeah um so apparently on the wikipedia page there is a section called a stare references where it says this film contains interesting references to four musical films of fred astaire apparently did you see this i mean that makes a lot of sense given like all of the weird like the the weird kind of ballroom cameos um and and like the the dinner yeah some of the dinner scenes i i have watched fred astaire movies but i am not i'm nowhere near well versed or or i don't have a good enough memory to make any of those connections on my own it says like the scene where they're like where the where they're like together and they're like kissing and they're floating to the ceiling supposedly evokes a scene from the bells of new york um the flooring for the restaurant is like similar to flooring used in like a number from yolanda yolanda wow yolanda and the thief and um and then at some point dylan baker actually says this looks like something out of an mgm musical so i guess all of this is deliberate like i guess they really like fred astaire because there's like the layout of the restaurant at the end of the movie resembles the restaurant and nightclub from swing time and like it, it, yeah it did, like, i mean aesthetically yeah. i definitely i didn't think fred astaire per se but i did think wow um really specific old Hollywood references with some of the shots of rich people in the restaurant sitting. Um, and then the dancing in the fog that definitely did feel really old oh and really referential. Um, which I really, I did enjoy that. Um, Oh my God. Yeah. yeah there's, so, there's so much like interesting stuff. Like, Oh my God. When they like, when she's like making the dessert and then the steam just fills up and then they and then they start making out and then all of a sudden the steam has filled the kitchen and I guess it's implied that they're fucking like under the steam, like on yeah. the floor. I, I did I'm not gonna lie, I did enjoy just the visuals of this movie. It's very visually fun. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's a it's a pretty movie and it's very I mean it's 
based on the plot, it's very surreal. It's very dreamlike. Um, it is because like whenever somebody eats the food, like it's so weird. Like he like there's a scene where like Sean Patrick Flannery like eats food and then he turns to like one of the guys that works at Bendel's and he's just like, I love the way you sell shoes. You're a great salesman. And yeah. Just like, and they're in the elevator <laughs> and the guy's like, thanks, boss. I love the way you are my boss. Um, and it's just very. Yeah. It's like it's like the food just gets him stoned. Um, yes. And it, there's. Yeah. And then there's the dancing because there's because they dance. They dance more than once. Yeah. There's a couple scenes where basically the magic of the crab slash earrings, whichever is eliciting this particular magic, um, creates such a strong love connection between between Sarah Michelle Gellar and Sean Patrick Flannery that they are in Bendel's and, and they're dancing now. And there there's a whole there's like an orchestra in one scene. Yeah. It nothing is. more romantic than Bendel's. Like I've never been inside a Bendel's. I do not know. Oh, it, me neither. But I mean, I mean, I'm sure it's, I feel like it can't be that different than so many other department stores. I worked long enough in a Macy's, you know, Oh um, my God. To there's feel there's like some I, rich person that's listening to this <laughs> listening right now. That's, oh, that's just like, like so offended that I would it compare to Macy's. Macy's. Yeah, I went inside of Barney's last week. Um, you know, it's all the same layout. <laughs> it, it's just the Barney's and the Bendels have like secret rooms where rich people go and personal shoppers show them things. Um, but yeah, it it uh, uh, it's, it's really. I mean, like the thing with this movie is, it's a it's a delightful movie in a lot of ways. Like it's really absurd. My main issues with it as a rom-com is there's really no there's there's not even like a failed scene between them where they get to know each other. It's all just like her making food and then him being like, wow. And that's it. There's no attempted yeah, substance in their romance. They don't romance. get to know each other at all. Yeah. I like, don't, we don't know anything. Like, like I'm way more fascinated by both of the platonic friendships by all of the dreamy visuals and the close-ups of the insane crap. Like, yeah, it's just like... Like, it, like it, the romance is almost just like a, I guess, the necessary glue for all the stuff I think is interesting. Yeah, because it's, it's like we never find out why is it that he was so bad at dating before. Like, and we don't know what's different about this situation aside from the magic. Or we, like, the movie is almost just like, oh yeah, he's gonna, he's basically he's gonna suck at dating unless there's magic. Yeah. Magic is the only thing that makes him not bad at treating other people well. Like, yeah, because it's weird because it doesn't really tell us why he's a jerk at the beginning. It's not like some of the movie. It's not like, you know, um, the cutting edge where we have a, an opening scene where he's like forgetting a woman's name or something. It's like it's like we just know that he looks at relationships in a very formulaic way, which is, you know, that's already kind of unhealthy, but we don't really know anything beyond that. Yeah. And it makes it even weirder when like later on, when they're, when they're like apart for a little bit and we have, there's like a, there's like a flashback montage of their relationship. And it's like, really nothing has happened. Like that's what the montage basically shows us that nothing has happened. Yeah. Like they've just eaten. And like with Sarah Michelle Geller, I still don't even know why he likes him. It just feels like she's fixated on the idea like she sees him she immediately is like i want that guy and she talks i mean she talks shit about amanda pete while she's making food before amanda pete um, which is a, which is a funny scene it because is a funny it's scene. because like 
It's also another scene, I think, that's very, like, two white women in Hollywood that look alike, but we're supposed to, like, see a difference. Um, like, they do look different, but, like, where but Sarah Michelle Gellar has, like, perfect hair in this scene, and she's, like, talking about Amanda P, and she's, like... Every she, hair is like, in place. She's so perfect, and she's, and, like, like... And she's, like, whatever, but I'm real, and I'm, like... I get what you're saying, and and at least in this movie, there's like a class difference. But like, you like look really similar, like on paper. Like your hair is also perfect, and you're very thin and young, and like, yeah, 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 yeah. It was so weird. Like even when like D'Angelo was just like, "Well, look at her skin. Her skin is perfect." I was like, "Have you looked?" It's like I, I was think, like, "Have you looked at Sarah Michelle Gellar's skin?" Is, like, is it just that you know her a little too well? That yeah, you don't, like she gets on your nerves sometimes, so you don't think she's as hot. Like, yeah, yeah. It's just like no, but like they're in the same league. <laughs> it's so yeah. weird that we're supposed to believe that. It, oh yeah, if we just make her hair dark. <laughs> yeah, they're not even like it's this movie doesn't even do like it doesn't even do the like she's taking off her glasses. Like she looks the same the whole movie. Like she wears some more expensive clothes near the end, but like it's yeah. So that that scene cracked me up. But I also Yeah, I just I feel like she gets fixated on him and then it's just about her getting what she wants. And I mean, I like her character because her character is confident and headstrong in a way that a lot of these female characters aren't like she's just like what i want i want him i'm gonna do it mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna cook but i'm like why do you want him though like <laughs> yeah it's it's very unclear and like it, it's also just like there's really just like not a whole lot writing on it because like her i mean her restaurant is in danger but in the end she's working at the restaurant in the bundle so it's like is she yeah. abandoning her restaurant just to work for him for a capitalist chain. Yeah, it's weird because her restaurant, of course, starts to do well after she gets the magic um, crab. But then, yeah, but then she leaves it and we don't get any closure on, like, are her aunt and D'Angelo still there, like, holding it down, like, without the magic crab? Like, what is going on with the restaurant? Because that was supposed to be a whole part of the plot. Yeah, like, I mean, that's 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 where we start. So it's weird that we end with just, like, I mean, we end with the very, like, Cinderella scene where she's in just, like, a pink dress and they dance and they dance. Yes, and she has, like, an updo and he's like, you're so beautiful. And she's like, oh, me? Well, <laughs> You're ridiculous. I love you. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and I'm just like retching um, all over. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it it's it's it just kind of like it'd be one thing if it abandoned the plot for something really interesting, but what it abandoned the plot for wasn't super interesting. I mean, there was definitely a lot of funny stuff like amusing stuff that happened like uh (laughs) the only dylan baker patricia clarkson scene that i like is the weird thing where it's like implied that they just like fucked with like eclairs in the (laughs) in the the elevator absolutely (laughs) yeah this this is like i feel like we've had a few movies on the podcast where i feel like there's all these fun details and I feel like this is one of those movies where it has a lot of funny bits and details. Um, but the actual center of the plot is kind of empty. Like there's a lot of busy things and things that are funny, but like the actual romance is kind of empty. Yeah. 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 And I think that that's probably why people don't like this movie that much. Although I think it's kind of like, it's weird. Like it's, 
I wouldn't call it like a good movie, but like it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, people, like it was way more act, enjoyable to watch. People acted like it was like this like incompetent, like terrible piece of shit. And it's mostly just like weird. Yeah. And honestly, <laughs> like I I way prefer a weird like and I kind of feel similar about um uh the the what was it? Um the heart specialist that we did a few weeks ago. Mm. Like I prefer a weird, like that one was also weird. Mm. I prefer a weird movie that doesn't quite succeed to like a boring one that doesn't succeed or a really predictable one that doesn't succeed. Like yeah. at least like this tried and it did weird stuff and it experimented. You know what I kind of probably would have liked more about this movie though? Hmm. If it was starring someone who looked regular. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, if it was, like, actually a, like, average woman who, and, like, who just, like, looked, <laughs> I don't want to say, like, she looks poor, but you know what I mean? Like, she doesn't have perfectly glossy hair while she's in the kitchen. Yeah. You know, like, like somebody who really actually looks like, you know, like, working class. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, like, even, like, like, I always notice small details with um, portrayals of class, like, Sarah Michelle Geller's hyper straight white teeth. Um, yeah, like most working class people, I'm including myself here, don't have teeth that white. <laughs> <laughs> like, or or just like, I don't know, there's all these things in conjunction that don't add up. Yeah, she has just like... And I don't want to imply that she has to look like bad. That's not what I'm saying. It's more just like this certain Hollywood polished level that... She's very glossy. Yeah. She's, she's very glossy. And it's like never like... And it's not like bargain chic glossy, which is like whenever I look glossy, that's how I feel like I look. But like it's... Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> like, ooh, I got cute, like I have a cute lipstick. What's up, y'all? Yeah, yeah. But like she just looks like trying it looks like she's trying to dress herself down yeah yeah it does i mean it's kind of like it's kind of like with um i feel pretty like how busy phillips was supposed to be like not hot oh yeah like where i'm like couldn't you like there's so many good actresses that aren't like hot you know and i'm gonna say that because everybody wants to pretend everyone's hot but let's stop doing that um Oh, wow. Hot takes coming from Bronwyn. <laughs> well, I mean, you know exactly what I mean, though. It's like this like thing where everyone's like, everybody's hot. And I'm like, OK, but also this is what Hollywood like Hollywood has these really frustrating, reductive, sexist standards. So let's stop pretending those don't exist. Let's yeah. not enforce them. But let's stop pretending they don't exist. They could have cast an actress who didn't fit that mold, you know? Yeah. <sighs> Anyways. That's just my feeling. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Because that, that erasure, you know, the erasure of that standard is the reason that we keep seeing the same looking people play all roles. Because it's like, what? Everyone's beautiful and everyone's not beautiful. So we'll just have, like, you know, uh, Cameron Diaz play all of the roles. And I'm like, no, like, let's actually talk about this shit. I agree. So. Oh man, I love it when you soapbox. That is, it's, it's just so relaxing to listen to you is it do relaxing? it instead of me. Really? Yeah, no, because when I because when I do it, I'm just like can't wait to get into the editing room and chop it up. Yeah, yeah. And like for you, I'm not gonna do that. 
<laughs> you're like, you're like, all right, Bronwyn, <laughs> go off. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think that this is something. This is a good like casual watch, like not super invested yeah. kind of movie. Um, it was like I had, I was like really emotionally exhausted when I watched it. So I was a little bit like, oh no, I'm gonna watch this, and it's gonna be like you know one of the bad movies that we talk about and i'm gonna be like angry or something but it's so weird that yeah i was, I was like, mad at the beginning but by the end i was kind of just like, like oh, oh. Was, yeah i was like that was kind of fun like yeah yeah i get why it didn't succeed like in the way it, it wanted to but i also like didn't hate it like yeah and i'm trying to think are there any rom-coms that involve cooking that are actually good Wow. Because, like, so many, like, whenever I see a cooking rom-com, I'm immediately like, no, thank you, because they're always so bad. Yeah, no, that's a good question. There's, oh, man, there's another really bad one that I saw recently. Oh, which one? I think it has Penelope Cruz. Mm. Oh, my gosh. You know what? I'm going to grab my phone and look. (laughs) Okay. This is is truly worth it. Um, Cooking rom-coms. Let's see here. Food, cooking with food, rum comes. I mean, if you guys are listening and you're like, um, I know a bunch that are really good. Oh yeah, please tell us. Then obviously tell us. Yeah, because there's definitely some bad ones. Oh my god, Kyle and I finally cooked with Blue Apron together for the first time, and it was like a really nice romantic. Oh, experience. woman on top. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's another one. Like, I mean, we could definitely do it for. It's it's not bad enough that it's it's kind of like this movie in the sense that I enjoyed it enough I would totally rewatch it but a lot of the love parts you're just like what Blech. and it's another thing where she doesn't actually have magic but her cooking is like so next level it's definitely part of the seduction yeah I'm just like thinking about it. I'm just like was like is burnt good is no reservations good or is that is that movie that movie chef. I don't know <laughs> the one where he the, the dude gets a food cart. I don't yeah, know, man. Seen that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't even have any like recommendations because like I rarely ever see movies involving food that I like, and maybe I just haven't seen any of the right ones. <laughs> I mean, definitely romantic ones. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like there's. Yeah, wow. I'm totally I don't know. Just like reach yeah. out to us and talk yeah, to us reach about out to us. If there's a good rom-com that centers around cooking, um, yeah, let us know. Please and we do. probably won't cover it then, but we will watch it in our lives and enjoy it. Yeah, I like trying to think like Moonstruck isn't really about cooking, but Nicolas Cage is a baker in it. I think I want to rewatch Woman on Top this week because mm. I do remember enjoying it. But there are also parts there's like whole like musical cameos where I was like, what? <laughs> It's like not a musical, but it's like Penelope Cruz, such a, oh my gosh. Anyway, so, I mean, you know, you guys, like, if you're, like, having, like, a beer and you want to, like, and you want to watch a movie with some actors you like that's silly and weird, then I say go for it. If you want to stare into a gigantic, shiny forehead, definitely. I mean, this is this is your one-stop shop for that. Yeah, if you need some close-ups of a crab... Um, which we all do, uh, definitely go for it. But if you're looking for a movie with an actual substance-filled romance, then definitely don't watch Simply Irresistible. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. Um, 
please rate our podcast. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm trying to get us on Google Play. It's just like I'm trying to conf- I'm trying to configure it. So working on it. Um, we're still looking for a theme song. So if you're interested, you know, please reach out to us. Yeah, we'll 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 plug your Bandcamp, SoundCloud, or what have you. Yeah, um, and you'll help us sound even better. So bless bless up. Yeah. Bless up. (laughs) We love you. Love you. Bye. (laughs) Bye.